0: Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. All right, Steve, we are live. How are you doing today, Steve?
1: I'm doing great, Eddie. Thanks for asking. How are you? Awesome.
0: It's great to have you on the show. Very happy to have the opportunity to speak with you just uh, before the camera started rolling. You were telling me about the experience that you have in sales. You tell me that you've been for about 35 years, more than three decades in sales in many different roles, executive positions. So I don't want to spoil uh, the beans. Why don't you tell us from your own mouth a little bit about your background and introduce yourself to the audience, please?
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, there's never a shortage of time to talk about myself. Uh, <laughs> But I've I have been in uh, sales for over 35 years and uh, got started you know in the technology world back in the 80s and had some wonderful experiences online services before the internet showed up and building go to go to market services for online banking and online shopping uh, started selling video conferencing with a technology company in the early 90s and I've rolled through selling software hardware networking SaaS products cloud and some of those were originally as carrying a quota individual seller i have all that experience but then i moved into leadership roles and then into executive management and somewhere in there i've worked for 12 different companies uh i've had three startups two of which i was on founding or leadership teams and i've just had a wonderful life experience and what i found was i've built a process i was hired over and over again to build or fix a broken sales organization with a company and in doing so i kind of built a methodology of you know here's my my three round robin trips to mm-hmm. assess define and implement a fix And that has built for me a practice that I now have at Sales Builders where I can work with a small business, help them gain the advantages of what large companies are doing, because that's where I learned a lot of things. And I also learned how to apply it in small companies. So that's what I'm doing now. And I just I mean, I'm having the time of my life. I love more than anything. My joy comes from helping other people find their joy and their success whatever it might be
0: awesome steve i admire that and most impressive is what you've been exposed to you've definitely seen um even changes in buyers behavior throughout all those different go-to-market strategies that you mentioned early.com type of companies technology Mm -hmm. hardware you've seen a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. now fast forward to today you are the ceo of sales builders texas And you mentioned that you have worked in many different verticals, many different size of companies, uh, even found a couple yourself. Why don't you tell me today, when it comes to sales builders, who are your best fit customers?
1: Our best fit customers are the small to mid-sized business. I would say they've been in business at least three years. They're north of three million in revenue because up to about three million, you're still in startup mode and you're trying to figure it out. But above that, 3 million up to 25 million in revenue, um, owner led in some aspect. And the owner has expertise because they've built the company and the product and the service that they're selling, but they may not have the experience in building a high performance, disciplined sales function. So those clients, those owners that are looking to grow and build a structured, disciplined, reliable, and easily managed sales organization, those are my best clients.
0: Okay, wonderful. You do mention some very interesting adjectives when you say a structured, discipline, reliable, something that I've seen it happens a lot in tech uh, when it comes to SaaS companies. Founder-led, as you mentioned, maybe they've been through a couple of funding rounds. They know how to develop a great product, but not always bringing it to the market. Or sometimes they do in the initial stages, but we've always seen what brought you here won't take you there. And that's where you come in. Uh, you mentioned around three years, 3 to $25 million. That's when you can really make an impact. When um, you mentioned... If they don't have the right time or they don't have the right confidence and their ability to implement the solutions that you provide to them, you can make a huge difference. Uh, we were discussing before cameras a little bit of the different um, solutions that you provide. How about we talk a little bit about your services and maybe share some success stories around those services that you provide today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the core services that, that we provide are to come in and help a company identify what's working and what's not working well for them, and measure it against some industry industry best practices. Mm-hmm. And that's an assessment, if you will, or a health check. We all go to the doctor regularly. Every company should be getting a health check. And so I'll come in, do a deep dive on the sales, operation, function, organization processes, and come back with a report that tells them, here's where you're red, yellow, green, healthy or unhealthy. Um, And here's what you would need to do to turn everything green. And they can then take that if they wish and do it yourself. That's my do it yourself model. Most companies would not have the experience or confidence. The owners, oftentimes, they don't have the time because they're too busy doing other things, especially in today's economy. So they want someone to do it for them or they want to do it with you. So I can come in and build it with them. And if they just want to say, hey, I am confident you know what you're doing, go do it for me. I'll lead it for them and turn it over to them. Sometimes in three months, sometimes in a year, I will, it depends on who they have ready to lead the organization. And so that do it yourself, do it with you, do it for you model is how I get started with every company. Now we might need to bring in training. We might need to bring in recruiting and add people to the organization. And that's a large part of what I've done is built a network of resources. So I have training services. I have recruiting services that I can bring in. We can use their own. It's not mandated that they use what I have, but I have all of those things to build it out fully in the model and manner in which they feel most comfortable. And a lot of it is dictated by how much time a client has. Business owners have to get on the business and not be in the business if they're going to grow. And that's really the focus of what I'm trying to do is create a a sales function that they can depend upon and rely on to function in a disciplined manner with accountability, using some repeatable processes that they can fall back on if anything goes awry and they can measure it and easily watch the progress so the owner can go attend to the other things like getting funding, finding supplies, you know, the other parts of the business.
0: I like that. that that's key because I definitely seen a, a lot of stories where the founders really are fearful of detaching themselves from the sales operation because they've driven it for most of the time and and they fear that if they let go or not even fear they just seen it the moment Mm -hmm. they let go they go on vacation they take some time off to focus on another fires or whatever is going on they see the numbers go down so it's like how can i make this scalable repeatable and definitely not dependable on me as a leader i want to unpack a few things that you mentioned so You start with an assessment, a diagnosis where you check different elements of the revenue operations, basically the sales engine, and see what could be green, yellow, or red. Give some recommendations to hopefully make everything green, scalable, repeatable, consistent, dependable, as you mentioned. And from there, uh, there, there are three options. You take the analysis and you can implement it yourself you take uh we do it with you we do it together i walk you through the process but ultimately you take most of the lead and the implementation or i do it for you whenever you do not have the time uh whenever you are busy again different departments growth areas of the business where you need to work on give us everything around revenue generation sales engines and we will work on that now Pick one of these uh, three scenarios, Steve, where you deliver the service and tell me or share with me some um, differences that your customers have received before they hire you and after they hire you. What is something that they can see? What would be that service that you would like to highlight?
1: Sure, Um, I'll use one that I love that was really close to my heart. And it was a number of years ago that I was asked to take over a startup business that had been funded and was three years in, but they had generated no revenue. And the discovery of the high level of spend next to uh, a lack of revenue took place with the investor, and they said, could you please go over there and take fix that for me? So it, this was a do it for you scenario. This was the investor asking me to to help turn around his startup. and uh, they were generating less than thousand dollars a month in revenue and they were spending in in excess of a hundred thousand a month. Wow. So this was a big task, but what I had to do was go in and examine the organization and who the entire organization, in this case, because I took over as president, Um, had to examine the entire organization and look at it operationally, uh, and make some changes in personnel and then implement a sales process for them that could quickly generate revenue. And what we ended up doing was building a go-to-market model that was using partners, not our own salespeople, because the cost of sales was much lower in that model. And we could scale very rapidly by implementing with multiple partners. And we used a, a partner led model to go to market. And within 12 months, we were even a positive. So we were generating in excess of a million dollars inside of 12 months. And we built a forecast based on this. And we were headed for 3 million in the second year and 7 million in the third year. And we also took that model and pitched it to potential investors as requested by the original investor, uh, brought back three offers. Uh, He declined all three of them uh, and held on to the business and and continued growing it. But my job there was done inside of 12 months, which was to get them to where they were at least covering their own expenses Mm -hmm. and had a model for growth that they could rely on and I could successfully turn it over. And that Fit all the criteria for what I do, which was to come in and make and implement the changes such that they achieved the goal they wanted and they could take it over themselves. And it avoided a long entanglement for myself and I enabled them to run it.
0: That's beautiful, Steve. So it sounds like this was the done for you solution, right? Yes. Summoned by uh, one of the investors. It seems like it was a very... Uh, it was a sinking ship if i may say making 1000 uh, a month 100 they run aground
1: they had absolutely run aground uh, he was ready to pull all funding
0: okay so that's what i was going to say there was a limited runway based on yeah i pulled some funding but it cannot keep on going like this forever Exactly. Nine one one red alert. You come in. Okay, let's go ahead and take an analysis now. You one of the things you mentioned earlier is I made some changes in personnel, but for the audience, maybe someone being concerned uh, as to, hey, I, I do like my team. I don't want to make yeah. that much of changes. That's not a default solution, right? You do an intervention, no. analyze who should stay, who should not, and if if there is worth, maybe instead coaching rather than replacing. And can you double click a little bit there for the
1: audience? Sure, absolutely. The last the last resort with respect to personnel is to remove someone from the company. Oftentimes what you find that people are in a sales position by default because they didn't know what else to accept inside the company, but it's not what they like. And in fact, it may not be their best talent as much as we do an ideal client profile. Mm-hmm. We do an mm-hmm. ideal employee profile. Like so You know, we go in and we say, this is the type of person that's going to succeed and produce and and be the most contented and help forward the culture that you're trying to build inside your company. So we may reassign them. We may put them into a different role. Mm -hmm. They may move up, move down in the organization. I mean, I've been into one company where they had a very experienced person who was doing SDR work and This individual was great, but their their talent was getting out and managing as an account exec in the field with clients and really moving things to close. So we made that switch lights out. I mean, this guy killed it. And so, you know, it it was a great move, you know, and it's just people are in the wrong places. But every decision on personnel or structure or process. I br- I develop it and bring it forward. The owner has final decision every time. They Perfect. can always veto it.
0: That makes sense, and, and it's very reassuring to hear that. Now, um, another thing that I that I heard uh, that speaks to your experience and versatility. A lot of people would assume that in tech, the default solution is get SDRs and get AEs, right? Some some hunters, some farmers, or or some closers, uh, but you set up a different structure for that uh, success story that you mentioned in which it was not really uh, building up or improving the inside sales team, but rather using partners as another channel to offset the cost, bring down the cost of acquisition because Mm -hmm. that was efficient for them and uh, the the testament to your solution was that $1 million after 12 months of intervening the company, that's a huge feat uh, and continue to grow over there. Help me understand a little bit of the um, considerations that you take when you implement one or another solution.
1: A lot of it has to do with what they are selling, you know, and the sales cycle, and how well they understand their own sales cycle. I mean, some products and services it's a 30-day sale. You know, you meet a customer and you've got a deal done in 30 days. Others may take up to two years. Um, you know, if you're selling something that's worth, you know, five million dollars at a at a at a move, that can take a long time. Uh, so depending on that, what type of sales model you need to implement, you know, and, and sales methodologies and so forth are so different. Um, I'm a big believer in outcome-based selling. Um, this is something that Amazon web services uses extensively as an example. And, and it really, it's, it's very, it's just like any other thing. It's common sense. If you focus on satisfying the customer's needs you build trust with the customer even if those needs are not something you deliver but you help them by solving their problems they're going to come to you when they're in your wheelhouse you're building trust and becoming close to that customer and for companies that have longer sales cycles that's really the best approach um you know you can you can kind of look at the sales spectrum from a retail perspective or Let's say you're going on amazon.com. That's a complete do-it-yourself sale. You don't even need an SDR. You might need customer service people, right? But if you're in kind of a retail environment where you're buying clothes, people come in and then they're going to ask for help, finding a size or hey, you know, getting an opinion from that salesperson. you know so that that is a transactional model where the salesperson is only involved at the close. Now you start moving into the B2B world, which is where you get into solution selling and consultative selling, you know, uh, you may have a challenger sale model or an outcome-based sales model. And depending upon the business, we have to apply the right one. Um, You know, there's a lot of different strategies in the SaaS world. We're seeing a lot of PLG or product-led growth models, Mm -hmm. you know, where they're doing freemium models or, or limited function models at no charge. then upselling and so if you're doing that you don't necessarily need an ae that could be done by an sdr unless you're doing you know and most large corporations are not going to adopt freemium models uh you know it's not an enterprise level sale model it's more of a, a small business sales model so i have to adapt based on the business and there's so many different ways channel partners Uh, are increasingly a lower cost model for reaching a a wider audience, you're going to pay them less than you're going to pay a salesperson. And the cost of a bad sales hire is much higher, whereas the cost of a bad channel partner selection is much lower.
0: Right. Okay, wonderful. Those are uh, everything that you just shared just speaks to what you said earlier, adaptability. There's many different models that you can implement as a probably a, as a business owner. You may not be familiar with all of them, but that's the point. You come in, you make an assessment, you given uh, an idea and and some recommendations as to what is the best path forward. But as you mentioned earlier, as a business owner, you always have the ultimate decision on what to implement, what not. And of course, they can also double click in here. Why would that be a good solution? And I bet there's plenty of examples that you can share. We're running out of time. I want to ask you one very important thing for the audience, um, and it's around advice. What would be an advice some tips that you can give the audience that are listening to you, Steve, right now, considering to use sales builders to intervene their company. What would you tell them if they want to increase the chances of achieving the results they want fast with your services?
1: Sure. Um, The first thing I would say is be open. And if you're a startup, you've already sought advisors and mentors, most likely. And Apply that same approach, and don't be afraid of the health check. It's unlikely that anyone is going to be 100% healthy, and it's your best friend because it gives you eyes wide open what you might need to be looking at. So engage in the health check. It can take less than a month. You know, a month to or less is how long it takes, and it's invaluable. The second thing is be open to change. You don't have to adopt and accept everything I might recommend, but be open to change. And then lastly, I would say recognize that you are the leader of the company, you are not the company. You're the leader. Everybody's looking to you to lead them, not to do it for them. So, Stepping out of the internal roles and being the leader of the company as a founder, business owner, is extremely important and very difficult. Because as you mentioned earlier, it can be very challenging for someone whose heart and soul is in building a company to let go of something. Is and my job, my job is to make that easier for you so that you have confidence in it.
0: Okay. You want to see your quote-unquote baby thrive. Absolutely. This is people that's going to take it there, trust them, be open. So again, to recap, be open. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine you meet a lot of resistance to change sometimes because, again, they've created the company, they brought it to this point, and it's hard for a person in that position to then receive advice from a third per- person, right? Someone mm-hmm. that they probably have never seen in their business now telling them what to change, but there's a reason for that there's plenty of experience and baggage behind it that comes with value packed recommendations that they should definitely be open to at least assessing evaluating and sometimes let it play split test as we say a b tested in the field number two don't be afraid of the health check i really like that um I've seen a lot of people that sometimes they say, Hey, I, I just don't want to go to the doctor because they always find something wrong with me. <laughs> the more reason why you want to go early, if there's something wrong with you, you want to tackle it earlier, not later when it's been developing for three, five, 10 years. And it's really going to be hard to then bring it back to a healthier uh, status. So definitely don't be afraid of the health check. And lastly, you are the leader, not the company. What I interpret from that, Steve, is empower be willing to empower people so that you can regain some freedom and be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor and, and the business that you've created and and brought to this point. Steve, that's been some great advice. Is there anything else you would like to share with the audience before we leave?
1: No, I'll just reiterate. If, if you look back on everything that I, I talk about, my work is about trying to bring joy to the individual that owns the business and everybody within it to help take their vision and make it happen and to give them the time to enjoy what they've put their blood, sweat, and tears into. And there is nothing more I like than seeing a smile like yours, you know, <laughs> when we do something, you know, whether it's it's teaching someone how a sales funnel operates and, and how it's impactful across the business into supply and, and, and production, as well mm-hmm. as into revenue and forecast. You know, I just love Watching that light come on, and and for me, that that's what drives me every day.
0: I love it. it people should be working smarter, not harder. Not to say that you cannot work hard. You should work oh, hard, but work Work hard. Smart. You're work hard. <laughs> it's all about cost of opportunity, Steve. We we we're not gonna be here forever, so make the best use of our time. Use the right strategies to grow your business, and that's where sales builders comes in clutch. If you want to talk to sales builders, Texas, you can find them in the Toast Marketplace. Steve, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time.
1: You bet. Thank you, Eddie. I enjoyed it. I appreciate being on here.
0: Awesome. See you in the next one, team. There you have it. Find them on the CloudTest Marketplace.